Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the program. This is Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. You've made it to episode four. Started the program last Wednesday. I was very nervous. I asked for uh, your input and advice uh, via the Utah Community Credit Union text line. That number is 57500. That's a way for you to weigh in. Let me know what you might like to hear in terms of topics uh, or guests. If there's anything uh, about which maybe we don't know, maybe there's a news tip, you can send it to 57500. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Also, uh, you know, the the studio here, which I had forgotten about, you know, I, I worked here uh, a number of years ago. I was the producer of the Doug Wright show, and then I went off to Washington for a number of years to work for Congressman Rob Bishop. I was a director of communications. Anyway, uh, I'm back now, and uh, this is the first time seeing the studio in its remodeled uh, uh, form. When I worked here before, it was a, uh, we call it a, uh, what do you call it, a mixer, a soundboard. It had wood on the side. It was uh, analog probably. Uh, and now it's all new and shiny. And there are cameras. Uh, I can see I, there are two of them blinking at me there. There's one over my left shoulder. I can see one by the door. Um, there may be, even be one hiding uh, behind the Christmas tree. Anyway, why are there cameras? We, we video stream this and you can tune in and watch that at the uh, KSL News Radio app. It's powered by Any Hour Services. Uh, you can listen to it there. You don't have to stare at me uh, for the whole program. But if, you, if you're reliant on your telephone, uh, your cell phone, that is the KSL News Radio app. That's powered by Any Hour Services. I'd love to have you join us uh, here on the program that way. Uh, wonderful. So listen, <clears throat> I this morning joined Dave and Debbie on their program. Uh, you're aware of the this tax reform that's been going on for a little while. Uh, last week, there was a special session of the Utah State Legislature. Uh, those don't happen uh, too terribly often, and they when they do, it's because something important uh, needs considering. And last week, it was tax reform. And the proponents of the measure feel that uh, the, the fact that the tax cut was of such a great value that uh, it made it impossible to vote against. Now, there are some uh, that don't agree with that. There are some that would see uh, a food tax as something that they weren't able to to, to get around or, or support. And so uh, there were a number of folks, Republicans included, who voted against that. It uh, also uh, did not meet certain thresholds to be uh, protected against a referendum. <clears throat> What's that? It is if uh, the people would like to see something on the ballot then they distribute petitions, uh, they gather signatures, and if the, a sufficient number of signatures is received, then, <clears throat> then it will be an item on the ballot. Now, that doesn't happen too often. 
uh, I went uh, into the history books and I found that a uh, petition or referendum has made it on to the ballot in the state of Utah only 23 times since 1960. Think about that. Since 1960, uh, there have only been 23 successful efforts by the community to gather the sufficient number of signatures or demonstrate somehow to uh, the government that there ought be something extra added to the ballot. Now, let me ask you this. Of those 23, uh, how many times was the ballot passed? How many of those uh, initiatives or referendums were passed uh, once making it on to the ballot? Uh, you may remember the last three, the, the last three titled the Utah Medical Cannabis Act. That was in 2018. Uh, alongside that was the Utah Decides Health Care Act. And uh, along with those two was the Utah Independent Redistricting Commission and Standards Act. Those are three uh, ballot initiatives which did successfully navigate these waters, made their way onto the ballot. The electorate voted in November and those three measures passed. Let me tell you that since 1960, those three measures, the passage of those three members, represent one-third of all the measures passed. Since 1960, only nine initiatives and referendums have passed. Now, why do I say all this? Why am I bringing this up? It is because the vote cast by the legislature uh, last Thursday evening in the special session of the Utah State Legislature, again, on this tax reform issue, uh, was insufficient to protect against. There is a certain number. If a a certain number of legislators vote for something, it uh, is essentially initiative proof, referendum proof. Now, here in Utah, and this may be the reason why the number is so low, 23 since 1960, we're a fairly Republican state. Am I right? Uh, the, the, the percentage of Republicans versus Democrats up uh, at Utah's Capitol Hill is fairly imbalanced. And that's uh, simply a reflection of the voting public. Uh, there are likely more uh, conservative folks voting in a Republican fashion here in the state of Utah. And uh, uh, we see that uh, borne out in the makeup of the legislature. And so often when there are measures, if they be partisan in nature, uh, it is going to always receive the requisite number of votes cast by legislatures to be free uh, from the threat of a referendum or initiative. This special session, though, did not yield such a vote. Excuse me. Uh, Not enough votes were cast. There was not enough uh, support uh, to make it so that a referendum could not undo the work done. We spoke to one such uh, legislator who voted against and uh, Candace Perucci, the youngest voting member of the Utah state legislature. She first she cast her first vote against uh, this measure. Now, what can be done? There is a gentleman, uh, a former Utah State Representative, Fred Cox, who uh, uh, has uh, attempted to organize folks. I have uh, his uh, Facebook group right in front of me. It's uh, titled the 2019 Tax Referendum. He uh, has taken it upon himself to submit the appropriate paperwork to the lieutenant governor's office to initiate this uh, uh, this referendum. Uh, he, on his Facebook page, has the, the document right here. Uh, subsequent to that, he has the appropriately stamped received uh, by Spencer J. Cox, Lieutenant Governor, dated December 16, 2019. Uh, And if I scroll here, I can see, uh, where is it? How do I know how many people are on board? 
Well, he spoke uh, this morning to uh, Dave and Debbie, and he let them know that he had, uh, as of last night, uh, 2,000 uh, some uh, supporters, and he ins- estimated a good number more coming uh, throughout the day and as time goes on. Now, what does he need to do, he along with these 2,000 some odd supporters and the others he predicts he needs to circulate petitions those petitions need to gain signatures uh he needs to come up with a hundred and sixteen thousand signatures and he has 40 days to do it he needs to get all these folks mobilized he needs to have them go out into the community stand in front of the grocery store stand in front of the library and gain the signatures and those signatures then will need to be resubmitted to the lieutenant governor's office for certification. Uh, that certification process is thus it, the lieutenant governor's office will select uh, a batch of those signatures. And, uh, and if those batches uh, are good, then fine. If 116,000 signatures are all deemed to be uh, uh, acceptable, then it's on the ballot. I can tell you that it is uh, an uphill battle. Uh, Fred Cox told uh, Dave and Debbie this morning that he would be doing so without professional help. My guess is that effort will be nearly impossible. I'll eat crow or my words or whatever it is if I'm wrong uh, and I wish him the best of luck. I, 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 I always root for folks who engage in earnest tasks and feel strongly about things. And, and it does appear that he does feel strongly and as do the supporters who have signed on to help him out. And I wish him the best because I admire sincerity. Uh, but uh, but this may be uh, an effort that history has taught us uh, may just be impossible. I think the legislature has spoken. I think the issue is settled. And I think that if uh, there will be any changes to it, they will come in the form of legislation. And maybe a lobbying effort ought to be the wisest uh, expensive resources uh, in lieu of a, a ballot initiative attempt like this. Uh, listen, you are listening to Live Mike. My name is Lee Lonsbear. I'm the host of this program. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about a... Uh, a Congressman, a member of Congress, a Democrat last week, a Republican next week. We'll give you the details next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Utah's news station. I'm Lindsay Ertz. KSL's top local story this hour. A referendum has been filed to overturn Utah's new tax reform bill. The movement is being led by former Republican lawmaker Fred Cox, who spoke with uh, David Dujanovic this morning. We are inviting the very liberal and the very conservative, and we are getting them from all aspects. They need to gather 116,000 signatures in opposition of the bill to get the issue on the November 2020 ballot. Cox says they have four. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.